Welcome to Carefully Examining the Text. And today we want to look at Psalm 57. Psalm 57. It begins with this heading, For the choir director set to Al Tashath, a mitcom of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. Now that term Al-Tashath is translated do not destroy in the English Standard Version. It is also given in the heading of Psalm 58, Psalm 59, and in Psalm 75. Do not destroy may have been some song that this psalm was sung to, but we can't be certain of that. The mictum of David, that term mictum is used in the titles of each of the Psalms from 56 to 60. But it talks about when David fled from Saul in the cave. There's a reference to David fleeing in a cave in 1 Samuel 22 and in 1 Samuel 24. One commentary connects this more closely with 1 Samuel chapter 24, and in the process of going over Psalm 57, we hope to make some of those points. But let's read the text and get it before us. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, a 1995 update. One writer said there are 22 references to God in these 11 verses. Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge until destruction passes by. I will cry to God Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me, Salah. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. I must lie among those who breathe forth fire, even the son of men, sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God, and let your glory be above the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit for me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. Selah. My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory, awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. In the psalm, David is going to describe how ferocious his enemies are, how desperate his situation is, and how great God is. He first begins with how desperate he is. Be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious to me. 
He reports, he records this statement, be gracious to me, which is actually one word in Hebrew twice. It's the same way Psalm 56 began, be gracious to me, O God. But he begs God to be gracious because he needs his mercy, he needs his compassion, because his problem is too big for him. Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. He seeks shelter. He seeks protection. He seeks refuge under the wings of God. My soul takes refuge in you. In the shadow of your wings, often in the Psalms, God is pictured as a a hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. We see that picture quite often Psalm 17, verse 8, Psalm 36, verse 7, Psalm 61, verse 4, Psalm 63, verse 7, Psalm 91, and verse 4. There are some passages that use that image of a hen gathering her chicks under her wings. In verse 1, David expects hurricane force winds, and until that destruction passes by, he seeks refuge in the shelter of God's wings. We stated in the title that one writer connects 1 Samuel 24 pretty closely with Psalm 57, and he gives several reasons for this. There are several links in vocabulary and in ideas between 1 Samuel 24 and Psalm 57. One is that in 1 Samuel 24, the same word used for the edge of Saul's robe in verse 4, verse 5, and twice in verse 11, all those verses from 1 Samuel 24, is the same word used for God's wings in Psalm 57, verse 1. Same word. It's interesting that in 1 Samuel, David appears simply as running away from Saul. But in Psalm 57, it is clear that David is running to the Lord. In the shadow of your wings... I will take refuge until destruction passes by. In verse 2, I will cry to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me. In verse 3, He will send forth from heaven and save me. God will rescue me. This God who we will find is exalted above the heavens. God comes down from heaven or sins from heaven and saves him. He reproaches on those who trample upon me, verse 3 says, Selah. Now it's interesting that in 56, verse 1 and 2, David's foes were described as those who trampled upon him. They trample upon me, 56, 1 and 2. But here in 57, 
and verse 2, he reproaches him who tramples upon me. This same idea of a foe who tramples upon him is found again in 57 verse 3. It's a very rare word that's used, but it's used twice in 56 and used again here in 57. But his foes are powerful, and the Lord will send from heaven and rescue him. The verb send is used twice in verse 3, Psalm 57, verse 3. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. Every time God rescues us from ferocious enemies, every time we're delivered from what seems to us like an impossible situation, it is a demonstration of God sending forth his loving kindness and his truth. These words, loving kindness and truth, will reappear in verse 10. This word loving kindness is the Hebrew term kesed, which is used 128 times in the Psalms, a little over half of its appearances in the whole Old Testament. God's loving kindness sums up His mercy, His compassion, His pity, His grace, all rolled up into this one word. God will send forth His loving kindness and His truth. God is great. David's plea is urgent because his foes are ferocious. He describes them in verse 4 as lions, as lions who breathe forth fire. They are fire-breathing lions, certainly something that evokes terror and fear in our hearts. In Psalm 7, verse 2, Psalm 10, verse 9, Psalm 17, verse 12, etc., etc., the foes of the psalmist are described as lions, and particularly their weapons are verbal. The Bible says their teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue is a sharp sword. Their weapons are verbal, as they do great destruction with their tongues. Now, it is interesting that we have a description of the enemies in verse 4. We have, have a description of their fall in verse 6. But in verse 5, we have a description of the greatness of God. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above the earth. Be exalted above the heavens. God is great above the heavens. God's greatness, God's glory is above all. One of the things that is interesting here is that God's sovereignty is often lived in the real world amidst opposition, amidst wild beasts with evil intent. And that's the way it's always been in this world world, or since the fall of Genesis 3, and it's the way it will always be. God is exalted. God's glory is above all. And notice in verse 6, after talking of God's greatness, he comes back to discuss the enemies. 
But here the enemies are presented as having prepared a net and dug a pit, which ultimately traps themselves. As they prepare a net and dug a pit, they would often cover it in such a way as to catch their prey. But they did such a good job that they forgot where the net was and where the pit was dug, and they themselves fell into it. This is the idea of Lex Talionis. The wicked are caught in the traps that they lay for others. We saw this in Psalm 7, verses 15 and 16. In Psalm 9, verse 15. In Proverbs 26, and verse 27. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will roll back on him. The book of Esther demonstrates this as Haman is hung upon the gallows that he has prepared for his enemy, Mordecai. They prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. Selah. Verses 1 through 6 expresses how ferocious David's enemies are, how desperate his condition is, and how great God is. Verses 7 through 11 change their tone to be one of praise and thanksgiving. You may be familiar with the fact that Psalm 108, verses 1 through 5, is basically the same that we see here in Psalm 57, verses 7 through 11. David says in verse 7, My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. This particular word translated steadfast is used in Psalm 78, verse 37. And there, God says of Israel that their heart was not steadfast. If David's heart is steadfast, that truly makes him unique in the land. For he that does not characterize the people. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises. Because he views God as exalted above the heavens and in control of all, because he has taken refuge under the shadow of his wings, therefore when he is delivered, it is not just a reason for relief, it is a reason to praise God. It's a reason to give him thanks. And in verse 8, Awake, my glory, awake, harp and lyre, awake, I will awaken the dawn. It is interesting to see that sometimes the psalmist make a call upon themselves to praise God. For example, in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You see the same in Psalm 103, verse 22. And so sometimes the psalmist calls upon himself to give God the praise 
that is due. Awake, my glory, awake, harp and lyre, and I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Psalm 36 verses 5 and 6 are very similar to Psalm 57 verse 10. Psalm 36 in verses 5 and 6. And Verse 3 had mentioned these same attributes of God, His loving kindness and truth. There He sent them forth from heaven. Here in verse 10, they reach to the heavens. The truth reaches, His loving kindness reaches to the heavens. His truth reaches to the clouds. And then in verse 11, He is exalted above all this. He's exalted above the heavens. You notice that verse 11, the refrain from verse 5, is repeated. God is great. God is exalted. Therefore, David can seek him. When his enemies are ferocious, God is over them. God is exalted over all. When when he is desperate for help, he can seek God. For God is over all. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Now, there are several interesting things about this psalm. First of all, there are several pictures of Christ. In the psalm, we, we we could have pointed out more parallels with First Samuel chapter twenty-four, uh, for example, uh, in verse five and six, the enemy is trying to take away David's life, and we see that same idea in First Samuel chapter twenty-four in verse 9 and 10. And so there are several reasons to connect the psalm with 1 Samuel 24. But but let's see, how does this psalm, how does Psalm 57 apply to Jesus? Notice this image that he uses of God in verse 1. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. Jesus offers protection under the shelter of his ring, wings. In Matthew 23, verse 37. In Luke 13, verse 34. He says, How often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Now, I want you to think about Jesus using this expression here. Think about him using this expression. He is using an expression that Psalm 57 and other passages in the Psalms apply to God. And Jesus applies it to himself. What does this tell us about the identity of Jesus? That Jesus is God come in the flesh. My purpose is not to deny the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit. But my purpose is to say 
that the Son is fully God, that He is God come in the flesh. Now, there are several other interesting things. God's glory in Psalm 57 is shown in the midst of a world of evil and wickedness. Isn't that what we see in the cross? The rule of God has always been experienced and proclaimed amid opposition. And the clearest reminder of that reality for those of us who believe in Jesus is the cross of Christ, that God's reign is proclaimed amid a world of opposition. When David says, Be exalted above the heavens, O God, in Psalm 57, verse 5, in Psalm 57, verse 11, when he uses that term, be exalted, the term that is used in the Septuagint is the term used in John 3, 14, in John 8, 28, and John 12, 32, and 33, when it speaks of Jesus being lifted up. It is also a term used in Acts 2, verse 33, and Acts 5, verse 31, of Jesus being exalted to God's right hand. As God was exalted, Christ was exalted on the cross. And this shows us His glory, verse 5, verse 11. His glory is shown to all the nations. In the cross, Jesus and God are glorified. John 12, verse 23. John 12, verse 28. John 13, verses 31 and 32. John 17, verse 1 and verse 5. This psalm has spoken of God's loving kindness and truth. But the most prominent display of God's loving kindness and truth was the cross. Just as God sent forth His loving kindness and truth, God sent forth His Son, born under the law, born of woman, born under the law. Galatians 4 and verse 4. God sent forth His Son. Galatians 4 and verse 4. And all nations, as you notice in verse 9, will praise God. All nations will praise Him. Listen to Romans chapter 9, Romans 15, verse 9. For Gentiles also glorify God for His mercy as it is written. Therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles. I will sing to your name. Romans 15, verse 9, is quoting from Psalm 18, verse 49, very similar to Psalm 57 and verse 9. And it emphasizes that God's plan of salvation has always included Gentiles from the very beginning. It has encompassed the plan that through Abraham's seed, all nations would be blessed. Jesus is God come in the flesh. And through the cross, he demonstrates God's loving kindness in God's truth. He is exalted and shows God's glory. 
and he encompasses Jews and Gentiles in salvation. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord continue to bless you.